so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas to me so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. And you can follow me at Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Coming up in just a few minutes, we're now at $1.4 trillion in student loan debt in the country. With that massive obligation, it's led to a dramatic rise in scams targeting students and parents. In today's Clark Rageous Moment, I'm going to tell you what the crooks are up to and what to look out for. And coming later yet, I'm going to talk about a change going on with covenants not to compete, where you are not allowed to go to work for someone else. I'm going to tell you about a positive development for workers in something that has been abusive towards workers in a lot of places in the United States. So something very difficult as a parent is finding a babysitter you can trust if you have young children. And that has gotten steadily easier thanks to the Facebook community groups. And so many parents who don't have a ready network, maybe you've moved to a new city, you're in a new neighborhood. How in the world do you find the kids in the neighborhood or in the area, or an adult for that matter, who will watch your kids who you can trust. And now on Facebook, you have the ability in these neighborhood groups to be able to rely upon other people in the neighborhood. There's also an app that costs you money to use, not to have, called Bambino, that has grown an enormous popularity. I first mentioned Bambino a couple of years ago, but now it seems to have actually caught on. And with it, a babysitter puts on there, or someone, a caregiver to watch your kids, puts on the app what they want to make per hour. And it integrates with all the reviews of that person and the information you need to know about them. Like, do they have some of the basic life-saving skills like CPR, that kind of stuff? And you're able to, as best you can, without trial and error, find somebody who you're going to feel comfortable with having left your child or children with that individual. It is a tough, difficult area. Joel, you have two young children. How do you find babysitters? What kind of network? Is it an informal one, or are you using Facebook, or what are you doing? Yeah, we've gone the super informal route, and so it's usually a friend or a friend of a friend, someone that... Uh, someone that's close to us has used before, you know, and we uh, usually uh, we actually do a date swap with our friends. And so I'll go over and watch their kids you know, one Wednesday night and then the next week they'll come over and watch our kids. And so it's kind of informal like that. Now, how have they made sure you're safe and OK? Yeah, they don't know that. So 
they might be getting unlucky. But I, that's I, brilliant because when you hire somebody and you go out on a night, the meter's running that whole time. Oh, completely. It's it's like terrifying to go out on a date where you're actually paying for babysitting. And so you have figured out a way to make that free. Exactly. It's worked out really well. Great idea. Wow. It's really neat that Joel is so much cheaper than I am. I learned from Joel like I learned from everyone every day, but especially how to be thrifty from you, Joel. Kurt is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Kurt. Kurt, I don't hear you, so I'm going to put you back on hold. Let's see if Justin is with us. Hi, Justin. Hi, Kurt. I'm uh, <laughs> I'll be Clark. Clark. Kurt's missing, so we'll talk with you. Yeah, I'm a little nervous. It's an honor to talk with you. Well, great, great to have you here. What's going on? So a little, a quick little history. My wife and I, we've been debt-free since, we're, we're 45, we've been debt-free since we were 37. Wow. And, and, and recently have, just in the... In the debt-free, book, like, I'm sorry to interrupt, but like yeah. no mortgage, nothing? No mortgage, all house, cars, nothing. No student loans or anything. At so, 37, how did you end up, and do you own a home or do you rent? We own a home. Yes. How did you do that by your 37th birthday? Because most people owning a home free and clear is something they don't expect to be able to do till their 60s or later. Yeah, it was something we, we just put our put our heads together and it was something we really committed to do together. It was nice that we were both cheap. And so we wanted to make the best use of our money. And it also helps to have a house that isn't way over your head, too. Wow. So... You you now work um, without the urgency involved with work because you put yourself in a position where your obligations were so relatively low compared to other people by the time you were in your mid-30s. Extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah, it works well. It's it's really nice to have that freedom. However, the However, boomerang yeah. of it <laughs> is you're right. 45 and you, as far as the credit bureaus are involved, you're a nobody. That's right. In fact, we, you know, the, it wasn't a big deal. We, I tried to make the best use of our money. So looking at your website, too, we wanted to do one of the credit cards that, were, that would pay back more than what we had currently. And so I unfroze my credit, which we did through your guide, which was great. And uh, one after one, they just kept denying me, kept denying. And, you know, after a while, it wasn't that big of a deal until we changed mobile phone carriers and they wouldn't let me do it. So it kind of raised the flag. Uh, that was why were these mobile phone carriers? Why, why are they checking credit? And then down the line, I thought, well, if we were going to move and we needed to borrow some money, then it would be an issue as well. Yeah. So if you end up in a position where you have no visible credit, what the credit bureaus refer to as a thin file, then there are a number of areas that you complicate in your life. Like, for example, with the cell phones, you could go with one of the prepaid carriers, maybe even pay a lower price than with one of the majors that runs a credit check. But it's still a shift that uh, limits choice for you. Correct. If you try to get satellite TV, they're not going to issue you satellite TV under normal terms and conditions because they can't pull a normal credit file and score on you. And auto insurers in most states will charge you a much higher rate 
or auto insurance if you come back thin or no file. Right. Homeowners insurance, the same thing. So it's it's weird. You don't need anybody's uh, money. You don't need to borrow from anybody other than as a practical thing. Correct. So you have no credit cards at all right now? So, yeah, we we do have a credit card. In fact, I've had the same credit card since 94. And is it not reporting on your credit bureau report? It is. It is reporting. And, and so do you know what credit score you have these it, days? It's a zero. So there's so little on there that they don't have anything to rely on. Right. We have never missed a late payment or anything. And well, we that would not, that would not um, you know, if you're using the card, it would normally report to the bureaus. Is it with a, um, a small bank or something that's not reporting to the bureaus? No, it's one of the major ones. I wonder, to get a zero in a case where you do have an established credit card, I wonder if there's something with a, a name mismatch or if the issuer of that card has your social security number off a digit. Oh, I didn't look at that. That'd be something to check into. Because I thought you meant you had no credit at all. If you're going to have a zero, having that one active card, it's possible that that would, if that's the only credit you have, that it would then file you to a zero, but I doubt that. Yeah, and having that card for so long, uh, it just surprised me. So when you get your credit report, it's there and it shows the aging of it or no? It shows the, uh, no, it does not show the age of the credit card. It, it, uh, it just has till probably 2006, I think, is as far back as it went. So it does show that far back and it shows current. Correct. So it is showing on your report. All right, I'm going to give you a, a step that's going to feel like training wheels. Okay. But you're going to have to do something as if you never had credit or had credit that had been trashed. Okay, I'm ready. Are you a member of a credit union? No. You're going to need to join a credit union that has what's known as a fresh start program where they'll issue you a low credit limit Visa or MasterCard, probably for having money and savings with the credit union, but it won't be a secured card in a traditional sense. They'll report to the bureau like it's a credit card. And that added in with the other one, hopefully that will start with two cards that should start generating a score. Okay. And that is absolutely crazy. I have, I don't yeah. ever remember somebody calling me and telling me they uh, had a zero score when they did have an active card. Yeah. Well, I knew you were the guy. So, so do you have a Credit Karma set up yet? Yes. And does it show zero score also? Yes, it does. Wow. All right. So uh, back to basics. Get that credit union account open. Get that Visa or MasterCard and hopefully you'll now generate a score and you won't have to worry about this anymore. And whatever cell phone plan you want to go to, you'll be able to get. Kurt is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Kurt. Hi, how are you today? Great, thank you, Kurt. How can I serve you? Well, I was curious. Um, Okay, I'm in my upper mid-60s. And I was thinking about opening up an online savings account 
with a checking account and getting the credit card. The credit card has cash back 2% at grocery stores and gas stations, 1% everywhere else. If you put your cash back directly into your savings account, they also give you an additional 10%. Uh, okay, I've had questions about this. That's the Ally Cashback thing? Correct. Ally Bank? Yeah, Ally Bank is a legit institution. I never hear complaints about them. It um, is an online only. There's no branches. They have checking. They have savings. They have CDs. They have the credit cards. And they put a smile on people's face because I just don't hear gripes. And when you don't hear complaints about a bank, that's something you know is valuable. I had checked uh, reviews on it, and since they're paying one and three quarter percent now, I, would, I thought it might be a good thing, and I was just basically wanting your opinion on it. Yeah, Ally is the the real deal, and they do offer like earning on savings, and the rates will go up from here from the one point seven five they're at. But earning 1.75 when traditional banks are paying close to zero, I mean literally close to zero, it's a completely different kind of way to park your cash, and you can do everything with them if you want, checking the whole thing with Ally and kick a traditional bank straight to the curb. Today's Clark Rageous moment is about kicking somebody when they're down Buried in student loan debt. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. Student loan debt in the United States exceeds virtually any other kind of debt right now. $1.4 trillion in student loan debt. A lot of people drowning in that debt, and that has made them susceptible to ugly scams. There's a new alert from the Federal Trade Commission about the scamsters that are contacting people with student loans. I don't know where they get their list from that they know who has outstanding student loans, but they call, they know enough about you that they convince you that they really are somebody there to help you. And they take you through the steps of offering you a reduction in your monthly payments, or offering you loan forgiveness on your student loans. They get information from you. They charge you big upfront fees. In the worst scams, they direct you and maybe even send you an electronic notice that your payments from this day forward are supposed to go to X and X servicer at Y and Y address or whatever it is. And you know what the punchline is? They weren't forgiving any of your loans. They weren't lowering your payments. They weren't lowering your interest rate. What they were doing was conning you out of money that should have gone to your loans. But to add salt to the wounds, you end up in default on your real student loans that you in good faith start paying what you think is your new lender 
And so you're out whatever money you've sent to them, and you owe penalties, interest, and your credit is trashed by your legit lenders. I know the sense of desperation that comes with feeling like you're never going to get out from under that student loan debt. And that makes you more susceptible to being conned. Know these cons are going on. Be careful out there. Protect your wallet. I despise covenants not to compete. They are a plague on the American people. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show, which is about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. It is a poison that employers put in front of us, many times not even disclosing that it's one of the papers we sign when we go to work for an employer, that restricts what jobs we can do, where we can work, for a meaningful period of time that can be measured in years when we're no longer with that employer. Even if they get rid of us, we can't go work somewhere else in our chosen field. It is an outrage, and it hurts economic growth in addition to your wallet. California, with the problems it's had with high taxes, high cost of living, has had this intensely strong economy because the brightest minds, young minds, gravitate to California because they know they can sell their skills at any time to the highest bidder. Employers know they have no hold on you. You can go wherever you want to go. But in any of a number of states where legislatures have been influenced by dirty money and campaign contributions, they pass these ridiculous covenants not to compete. Restricting you, hurting you, hurting your advancement, hurting your income, and then the weirdest part, hurting economic growth in their state. Because people will choose not to stay in a state or work in the state if they're really ambitious, really sharp, because they don't want to be put in covenant not to compete prison. But it gets really crazy out there. Do you remember when Jimmy John's, the sandwich shop, had a restriction that people who delivered sandwiches for them could never work for another sandwich shop for like, what was it, two years? And there was such negative publicity, they dropped it. Well, more recently, it came to light that without you even signing things, fast food chains had these hidden policies that were called anti-poaching policies that no location could steal an employee from another location. And now a bunch of chains under extreme pressure from a state attorney general and a lot of publicity are ending these no-poaching policies. And that's how it should be. Let the free market rule, employers. You want your business to grow? Show workers that you have trust in them. Why should you always have the upper hand? And as an employee, 
the job market strong now when a potential employer or even an existing one tries to get you to sign one of these covenants don't do it even if it means you don't get the job or you lose the job you have it's not right and it shouldn't be allowed charles is with us on the clark howard show hello charles Hey, Clark. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you, Charles. So you already own your own home. Good for you. Thank you. I uh, just moved in this past Wednesday. And what was moving day like? It was hot. (laughs) I hate packing, moving, unpacking the whole process. Yeah. Well, luckily I had a... Plenty of family and friends to help me with it, so it didn't go too bad. So it only cost you pizza, huh? Yes, sir. Great. Well, how can I be of help to you as a brand new homeowner? Well, uh, I wanted to buy a place that was very well within my means, and uh, if I put my back into it, I should be able to pay it off here in about 20 months or so. But I also want to become a landlord at some point as part of a long-term strategy. Wait, 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 slow down. You said 20 months, not 20 years. Correct. Wow. Well, if you want to become a landlord, I would rather you build up a cash reserve to do that than to rush to be mortgage debt free on this property you have just moved into. Because lenders don't lend money at all under the same terms and conditions for investment property, rental property that you would want to own that they do on your primary residence that you live in. Yes, I uh, was looking into it and got the gist of that. So I would rather you, if you, if your goal is to buy an investment property, a rental property, is that something you're thinking of doing in the next two to five years? Correct. So if that's the case, I would rather you stash the cash you would have put towards the mortgage into an online savings account. You'll earn 2% or so in that if you shop around. And have that money in there that you're building up, and those rates are going to go up anyway as the Federal Reserve raises the interest rates it controls. And then when it comes time to get a rental property, you are in a position where you'll qualify for underwriting on a landlord loan because you'll have so much down payment money. Depending on the price of the rental property, maybe you'll have saved enough money you'll pay cash for the rental property, which is preferable to owning your own home free and clear. Because the interest rates you get on your own home are lower than they are on rental properties. Yes. Uh, I do have another question for the buying the rental property, if you don't mind. Ready? Um, How do you feel about buying a place as a landlord for cash and then come back and refinance it to pull the equity out for the second one. So instead, go ahead and pay off the mortgage on 
the home you've just bought. And then when it comes time that you've identified you want to buy a rental property, doing a cash out refi on the existing property? Um, no, um, buy a rental property for cash and then refinance that property to either uh, to uh, buy the second one. So lenders are not, they don't look that kindly on cash outs on investment properties. You could do a cash out on your own home, your principal residence, and use funds from it to buy yet another rental property. But uh, if that is the goal, what I would rather you do is find a small local bank, go meet the president of that bank, sit down with him or her, tell them that you bought this home already, you're, you're in a position as you proceed that you're going to steadily pay down debt on it, you'd like to buy a rental property, and you'd like to put 30% down on it. And what I would do is instead of trying to do things exotic like do cash outs and things like that, just buy each property with 30% of the purchase price in cash and carry a smaller mortgage on those properties. You'll get more favorable terms, more likely you get approved. And then you're not over complicating your financing for rental properties. Thank you. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. That's why I I wanted to ask you. And I so appreciate your ambition and how you live on so much less than what you make in your 20s to be able to move forward acquiring real estate through the years. That's really great stuff. Abby is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Abby. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you, Abby. You live in just about the most expensive city to live in in the United States. Yes. Well, I'll be moving there. Oh, you're moving to San Francisco? Um, well, the Bay Area, yes. Okay. So uh, get ready for different costs than you've seen most anywhere else. I have a niece who lives in San Francisco, mm-hmm. who lives in a tiny, not very nice place. If she hears this, she's going to like, my uncle doesn't like my place. Anyway, <laughs> but she pays uh, nearly $5,000 a month in rent. Wow. That is crazy. It is crazy. And, and it's not much of a place she's paying that. So uh, when you said Bay Area, she's right in the city of San Francisco itself. And as you radiate out in different directions, housing becomes not as outrageous as that, but nothing on the line of what you would think of from most anywhere else in the United States as being affordable housing. Mm-hmm. How can I help with the, the quest to find something that's affordable? Well, um, I've come across the idea of subletting or subleasing and I wanted to know your thoughts on the safety as well as the economy of the idea of it. So there are, there are a number of situations in the in housing markets that are really expensive, like San Francisco and Seattle, New York, where people engage in sublets for any of a number of reasons. And it means that uh, your housing arrangements tend to be more temporary 
and they may be violating a lease doing a sublet. So they may have you say that you're, you know, that you're a cousin or whatever who's just staying mm-hmm. there, uh, you know, if anybody's around from the landlord uh, or the management company. I mean, there, there are things that people do in San Francisco with these sublets where everything's on a need-to-know basis and nobody needs to know what you're up to. But in terms of safety, did you mean in terms of your money being safe or you being safe? Well, I guess both. I mean, if for subletting as far as safety with money-wise, you know, it's Craigslist and all of Ugh. Just the idea of everything, oh. you know, they're all scams or, yeah. you know, it just just the worry of being and, taken and advantage yes, of money-wise. On, on Craigslist, you're going to find a lot of things to be out-and-out scams. And so I know this is going to sound terrible for me to say, but I want you to uh, stay somewhere when you first get to the Bay Area where you can rent um, in a temporary housing situation where you can rent Uh, for a week at a time or something. So you can go to these places that people are listing on Craigslist in person Mm -hmm. and and meet the person who's your quasi-landlord who's subletting in person. But don't do anything in advance where sight unseen, you're sending anybody any money. Okay. It's just way too dangerous for you and also you need to you need to see places to see how it feels in terms of your personal safety very true so i i would be very reluctant to do anything based on craigslist living somewhere across the country okay well what are your thoughts as far as safety for subletting just in general safety i mean the person you're subletting for will most likely have a key as well. Right. Well, that's always the case with any landlord. So are you looking at things where you're renting a room inside somebody else's apartment or where you would rent the whole apartment? My hope is to rent the whole apartment. If you're renting a whole apartment, I would have no nervousness about that aspect in terms of the keys. Um, that That is a thing that with any landlord, even if they were not a, a subletter from a real landlord, they would they would have a key. So it's all about the character judgment you make based on meeting that person in person and doing what everybody else does now, Googling that person to see what you can find out about them. But everything you do in this category should be researching online but making decisions eye to eye when you're there. Sheila's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Sheila. Hi, Clark. Thank you for taking my call. Certainly. And Sheila, you have a question about a possibility of getting your finances completely under your control and viewpoint. Yes, that is my goal. And I didn't even know there were things that or apps that could do that for me and i heard about one on your program a couple weeks ago that i have downloaded which one is Um, it mint oh man yeah Yeah, mint's the real deal yeah and that's why i did it because you 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 know said it was 
safe and I read about it and it seems like it's, it really is, um, really is, I feel real safe using it. Um, the, the question I have is, um, I know I, I also learned from you about using a dedicated computer at home that you only um, use for your finances and not surfing the net or doing anything extra, um, which is what I was going to put my mint.com on. But what I've seen on the app is like people holding their phone in their hand on the app using mint.com and holding their tablet. So now I'm confused. So uh, uh, using, using apps on a phone is considered to be superior and safer than doing things on a laptop or desktop. Okay. Because the architecture, so, the app is completely controlled okay. by the organization, in this case, Mint, where when you're on a browser, there's so many different issues. Okay. So I find the that using a financial app is a safer gateway than going to something on your computer. But if you have a financial computer and you never do email on it, none of that stuff, and you have your bank account, brokerage account if you have one, mutual fund, retirement account, and you choose to use men on it, that's great because you put yeah. up barriers that should, by limiting so strictly what that computer is used for, you should be fine. And so that and that was my question. Does Mint have its own? It's its own separate entity on the phone, so that it's not out there in you know where where viruses can get it um, as easy as if you were just browsing. Well, that's a great question. Are you on an iPhone or an Android? An iPhone. So iPhone, uh, Apple doesn't offer some of the products that are available for people on Android, but Apple vets their apps enough that I would be comfortable with using an iPhone and using the Mint app. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that I appreciate so much that you've just tuned into our podcast, that you had faith in the information and advice you get. You want more information from us? One of the best ways to get Clark Smart is with our free newsletters, Clark Daily, Clark Deals, and Travel Escape. Sign up now. You'll be able to unsubscribe at any time if you think I'm wasting your time. Go to clark.com newsletters.